Hello, welcome to the Clan Blue Podcast post-match reaction. I'm your host, Dan Rowlandson, joined by Matt Kendrick for another late-night show as we discuss Aston Villa 1, Sheffield United 1. Matt Kendrick, how are you? Dan, this is why I tell you that I don't open my Christmas presents until late because <laughs> you get too excited. Do you know what I mean? You, you get let down. Um, it's a wound, I want it. You know, I'm so, so unused to leaving Villa Park um, feeling disappointed. Um you know, I'm the kind of old cynic who, who doesn't doesn't try to get too carried away. I heard a lot of talk before the game with people saying, "Oh, it's Villa! It's so Villa to to blow this against bottom of the league." And to, I was like, "No, no, no, no! Unai's got this. He's got yeah, this." Like, like... And then the way the game panned out, the decisions, you know, the kind of counter, the, the sucker punch goal, Cameron Archer scoring of all people, um, but. You know, we're all deflated and we're all disappointed and we'd all love to have gone top of the league, even if it was for just kind of half a day or whatever it was. Um but just still look at that league table. I don't I don't think we can afford to be deflated for long. Uh I'm actually convinced, you mark my words, that's the point tonight that wins us the title. <laughs> or gets us the point against Bournemouth. Yeah, I mean so, that was, yeah. Every every point is important, isn't it? And obviously, again, as we said for Bournemouth, it's slightly different because we're at home and Sheffield United are worse than Bournemouth. But if you're losing that late into a game and get something out of it, you can only consider that a, a good point in a in a weird way. But obviously, before the game, no one's going into that predicting a one-all and saying, yeah, that'd be good. We all thought we'd win tonight. We all hoped we'd win uh, because of the, the implications of going top. Also, to keep that run going, 16 home wins in a row would have been amazing to keep that going. We were talking about 16-17 should be a given because it's only Sheffield United and Burnley next. And uh, yeah, the the winning run comes to an end, but it's all about just changing the terminology. It's unbeaten at home now. Is uh, 16 games sounds pretty good still, doesn't it? Um, yeah, I just kind of wanted to acknowledge that, first of all, before we get into the, the nitty-gritty of tonight's game. Like we said pretty recently, in fact... Um, after Man City and before this home game of we are going to lose at home at some point, we are going to drop points at home at some point and what like the atmosphere will be like, what the mood will be like amongst the fan base when that does happen. And we probably all expected to drop points against somebody better than Sheffield United. But these things just happen, don't they? Like, like I said, it's not going to last forever. You are going to drop points against teams you don't expect to. You're going to pick up t- points against teams you maybe don't expect to, like Arsenal and Man City, in the course of a few days. So I'm not going to be on here in the stadium or on the podcast berating players and performances and whatnot for this group that have done what they've done to get this far. Um, kind of got to acknowledge what, you know, every, every, every time we've been to Villa Park this year, pretty much, 15 times in a row we've come away and won every single time. So to drop points is, yes, disappointing, but let's acknowledge you know, the progress we've made at home in, in the last year. You know, If you can't win it, don't lose it. And that's all you can hope for sometimes. Yeah, I don't, I don't think the attitude that fans went into tonight, to tonight's game with was disrespect for Sheffield United or, or delusions of grandeur. For Aston Villa, really, I just think it was we've been made to believe so much by this yeah, yeah. this mad kind of momentum gathering bandwagon that that um, that Unai Emery's been in charge of. So, listen, I think we'll feel we'll feel a little bit stung. We'll still be hoping for a draw between between Liverpool and Arsenal tomorrow to to keep us in the mix mm-hmm. going to Christmas. We're still in the thick of a title race, and who, yeah. who would have thought that? 
But who would have thought we'd be disappointed because we hadn't made it 16 <laughs> wins? On the, I mean, it, it's ridiculous and it's re- remarkable. Yeah, that's what I mean and, about the perspective. Like, let's acknowledge, I had a tweet saying, uh, just before we started from Joe, he's saying, perspective needed despite feeling disappointed tonight and agree with you. Disappointed is such a strange thing where, as of tonight at least, still joint second come Boxing Day, the worst will be his third. Like, it's, you know, we're still in a very good position. Um, 22nd of December, 23, second, 2022, 11th, 2021, 11th, 2027, 7th, 2019, 18th, 2018, 8th in the Championship. I know people get fed up with this narrative of, you know, look at where we were and look at where, how far we've come. But every so often, when you feel a bit uh, doom and gloom about things, having a look back of what of what we've done, never mind in the last five years, in the last 12 months, and in the last six months for, in terms of the home form, um, is that a little bit of dose of, yeah, okay, we're, we're still good. These things are going to happen. Yeah, and you know this is this is the the Premier League, isn't it? You know, I think you've got to give give Sheffield United a lot of, of credit. Course, yeah. You know, within within the limited scope that they've got to to go and be competitive in, in Premier League football games, I thought they did a job on us, and I thought yeah. that it was them them being very organised, very disciplined. You know, we didn't move them around enough. Was 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 my problem. I don't think they're going to move around much much anyway, but perhaps did, did move the ball a, a little bit too slowly and tried to look for eye-of-the-needle passes. Um, mm. And the times when we did get round the edges of them, I don't think I don't think our delivery was good enough until until the, the goal that, that, that came. Yeah, on. So, you know, that's going to be the case if, if they're playing at the kind of peak of their powers. You know, their fans singing, you know, kind of how... <laughs> S-H-I-T. Can I say that? How bad how bad must you be? We we winning away and 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 that kind of thing. And you know, I think the celebrating having a shot on having a shot of any description at first. So, if they're playing at the peak of their powers in terms of an away performance, and we're not quite at it with us, then then these things these things do happen. There's going to be we are going to become a scalp. There are going to be teams who who, yeah. who, who why should they? Why should they open up and exactly let us that, yeah. through? Um, if Sheffield United come to us and try and play an expansive game of football, which they, they don't do anyway, Villa pick them apart and win. Yeah. What, what what does Sheffield United get out of that? What does Chris Wilder get out of that? To come and sit up with a back five and have men behind the ball and sit in deep, play on the counter attack. I've said before, like I've not, like, like you said, like the, the delusions of grandeur thing. I don't feel like football should be played in the same way, and every team has to play this lovely tiki tack of football or whatever you want to call it. Sometimes you have to set up in a certain way to survive in the Premier League as a club because that's massive in terms of revenue. And fair play to Sheffield United and whoever else will do that. And if Villa are going to continue to get the respect that they had got tonight against other sides for being a top four club or a title, a title racing club or whatever you want to call it. Um, we're going to get games like that every season now forever. If Villa were always up there, what fifteen games a season? Maybe you might get where someone will just come and sit in deep at Villa Park and go, "Go on then, break us down," because we don't want to come and play against you because you will rip us apart. So Villa have got to find a way to to combat that. And at the moment, sometimes we don't do that very well. We don't break teams down very well when the onus is on us to go and, and create. I don't think we made many brilliant chances this evening, despite having a lot of the ball. Um, and that's something that Emery will work on over time and it will take time. Uh, but that's something that Villa do struggle with. If a team's going to come in and sit in against you and say, go on then, break us down. Sometimes I feel like that patient probing play can get a little bit frustrating because you think, okay, well, it's not worked. So how do we get through them? How do you get past eight men defending behind the ball? 
Yeah, and let's face it, it's, it's not been that long ago that we've been the Sheffield United in that relationship yeah, true. Yeah. against one of, the, one of the big teams and we've had to be really stubborn and, you know, be pleased that we kind of ground out a point or, or, or whatever it was or kept the score down. I think one of the one of the issues for me tonight was when the likes of McGinn and Louise were receiving the ball kind of on the, you know, probably, you know, halfway between the edge of their box and, and, and the halfway line. It, it all seemed so kind of flat. They were receiving the ball in a kind of static position. So it was kind of a, a bit of a standing start. So to try and actually then generate space or momentum to get a shot away or to play a progressive kind of ball into the box, it, it just, I think they did a job on us. And I think I think they, they, they did it really well. Uh, and I know we will get to discussing fairly soon. I'd have thought some of the some of the officiating and and, and some of the, the the kind of VAR decisions, but and that is obviously a crucial factor. But if you mm. take that out of the equation, we weren't at our you know we weren't good enough. We weren't at our best. There were too many kind of. When I've looked at John's player ratings. There were too many six out of tens. Um, and even against the bottom team in the league, you need to be you need you need more people at it. I think. Yeah, the, the the moment of quality at the end from Douglas Louise was a, a, a ball of a bit more, um, I don't know, just off, kind of an off-the-cuff finger, a bit of quality out of nowhere, rather than just kind of going through the repeated patterns of play that we tend to see. We needed more of that specific moment. To fair, Zaniola made a great run, and it's a, it's a really nice header as well. And uh, Yeah, maybe the, the keeper should have dealt with it better than he did. But overall, that's a really nice goal. I'm, I'm pleased for Zaniolo as well to to scored, what is it, two and three now with the Europa Conference League game a couple of weeks ago. And his first goal in the Premier League for us. You know, somebody who's taken a little bit of time to get going. Uh, so I'm pleased for him. I think we've done enough in terms of like acknowledging some of the context around the game. That Yes, we've had a good run and these things are going to happen. We've given credit to Sheffield United. But we have got to talk about VAR and the officiating. So that has... That has inevitably played a big role this evening. There was a it feels like yeah, I was involved 10, 15 times like tonight. And I don't feel like that's an over exaggeration. There was a there was two or three checks in about the space of two minutes earlier on the first half. The biggest one of those, and I think the only one really, was the Watkins um pushing the back or the shirt pull or whatever. Did you feel like at the time that was a penalty? Have you seen it back since? Have you had a chance? Well, listen, while we're talking about injustices, I've just glanced at a comment there from Bruce Awuga, I think it was, who was digging out my jumper, saying he, he can't get on board with this jumper. I think that's I think that's offensive, first of all. And I think it's a sign of Villa fans being fickle. I think if we'd have won tonight and gone top of the league, he'd have loved my jumper. Yeah, but um, yeah. I'm surprised I mean, no, one's, no one's made any comment to my... I've got a Christmas tree. I'm in a totally different place. Got a Christmas tree. I've, we're so close <laughs> to Christmas. I thought, I've got to get a Christmas tree in and no one's mentioned it. Outrageous. Well, I think your Christmas tree and my jumper are lovely. Uh, but in terms, I mean, think is is there any, is there any precedent? Have we ever got a decision against Sheffield United? Have we ever have we ever fallen down on the right side? I can't have think a decision of one. against Sheffield United at Villa Park. Can't think of one. With technology involved, nah, no way. I don't think so. I don't think it's, it's an outrage. Which which of the decisions were you asking me about, Watkins? The Watkins one, yeah. Should that have been a penalty? Sorry, I know we do these lives, we go all over the place. You mentioned your jumper and the comments are just now like catching up. Someone said it looks like an office carpet, which is accurate. That's that's pretty good, yeah. It looks like a bus, like a bus seat. Unbelievable. I need cheering up. I don't need... um, I know, I'm sorry. Only my unique style digging out. It is a horrible jumper, but it's warm. Um, (laughs) 
<laughs> just while we're on this, just while we'll get to VAR in a minute. On our, speaking of jumpers and Christmas trees, I mean, this is quite quite a being able to link the two. On our Christmas tree, we've got like bauble, you know, photograph baubles mm. of when you like when the kids are little and you go and see Santa. Yeah, and I yeah. reckon we've got about five or six years of me and my wife taking the kids to see Santa. It's not this jumper, but it's a very close equivalent. I've got the same. So the kids are going through the ages and my style or lack thereof. Anyway, anyway, they are Watkins. Yes, yes. Nick Moss says, I've only just joined. Have we already covered the horrendous officiating? No, we're about to. So for the rest of the show, pretty much this is it. We've been stalling about it. Um, Nick Moss sounds like what I've done for my jumper, really, doesn't it? Uh, <laughs> What were you asking me? I'm just losing it. Was, Watkins, was the Watkins yes, one a penalty or not? I thought so, but I'm massively biased and I've only seen it back very quickly because I've just dashed back in from, from, from mm. getting home. What did you think, Dan? I think it was a penalty, but I do acknowledge that I think it was quite probably soft uh, is probably the word to, to use to describe it. I think he stopped him from, from being able to compete for the ball, to be able to jump for the ball properly. I'm not saying Watkins gets up and scores from that position, but he doesn't get a chance to do that because he's got a push in the back. And I think he's got a, a bit of a shirt grab as well from the reverse angle that I saw on Twitter. Um, well, we'll get to the handball and stuff in a bit. People are saying that was a shocker. Yeah, it absolutely is. We're, we're getting up to that. We're kind of like building the, the, the levels of progression for how bad the decision was. Um, I think the Watkins one for me, yeah, he doesn't get a chance to even compete for the ball because he's kind of being manhandled a little bit. And if that happens anywhere else on the pitch, I think it's a foul. And you don't get, you don't even think twice about it. So why are those? You see it all the time, don't you? How many times you say if that happened on the halfway line, it's a foul. But if it's in the penalty area, it's not a penalty. <clears throat> why do we see that level of challenge not get given? Where they, where you think, oh, it's a little bit soft. But if it was soft, where it'd be given? Why is it not given as a penalty then? I've given given up trying to trying to fathom if why, why there's any rhyme or reason to any of it. It just seems seems to be seem to be so random. Anthony Tyler's a, a funny one for me because I actually think referees should be extras really in the in the performance that you don't really notice them. They're just just in the background. Um rather than trying to be the the, the kind of the, the baddie, the, the main baddie in the uh, in the proceedings. And I never see Anthony Taylor being almost anonymous and you know mm-hmm. maybe he's got, got a big bald head like me that he, he that you do notice him. But to me, there seem to be a few times where I don't think it's just peculiar to him, but referees almost wait for the kind of safety net mm. of VAR now and not have the courage of the convictions and and not you know not be I don't know proactive I suppose and, and decisive. And I thought that was one of the occasions tonight where you almost thought, well, Anthony Thad doesn't really need to look at this match. You'll just wait and wait and hear what's in his earpiece and, and then 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 decide accordingly. Um was the moment actually. Uh as he walked down the uh the tunnel at the end of the game and the, the Villa fans that were still in the stadium, including me, were booing him, booing him in his official that and I, it looked like he cupped his ear, but I think he was actually listening to something. So it looked like he was giving it the I thought that's a bit much, but I think he was just <laughs> listening to something in his earpiece. Um but yeah so there was the there was the the you know the first one yeah, I don't, I don't think it even went to VAR. The the foul that led to a free kick right on the the corner of the box was that yeah. definitely outside the box. Yeah, it was outside the box. Diaby went down, didn't he? I think right. he beat his man and come back across. That was definitely 
uh, a foul and it was definitely outside the box. Yeah. The one after Watkins, there was another something else happened in the box after that they checked, but during you know in real time, I didn't even think anything of it. Um, yeah. So yeah, let's move away from from those ones. I think yeah, soft maybe, but um, you see him given is is again a cliche. It's a couple of comments saying that they were so biased and where we saying these things about Newcastle Arsenal a few weeks ago. No, because I don't give two hoots about Newcastle Arsenal. This is a Villa podcast. We're here to talk about Villa. Of course, we're going to be biased towards the club we support, but some of those decisions. And again, we talk earlier about the way the game goes and giving credit to Sheffield United. If Watkins is given a penalty there and Villa score, we win the game. It's as simple as that. So it does affect things. So as much as people say, don't talk about VAR, don't moan, just acknowledge that it happens and move on. Things like that change the state of the game. So we're absolutely going to talk about them. And the Watkins one is the mildest of the lot. Um, So we'll move on now to the Bailey one, which is actually results into a goal that is, uh, Bailey's goal is disallowed. Which just as a minor point, I I thought was a shame because obviously Watkins assists Bailey, Bailey scores. Uh, We've all seen the stat this week about how many players have got five goals and five assists in the Premier League. And there's four players to have done it. Bailey and Watkins are two of the four. No other club has got two players in that. I think Salah and oh, I don't know. I can't remember the other one. Possibly Haaland. But I doubt he's got five assists off the top of my head. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Maybe Saka. I don't know. But Villa have obviously got two in there, and it would have been nice for them to notch up uh, more uh, numbers on their output. Um, but yeah, sadly uh, ruled out. Why is it ruled out though? Let's talk about that. It's a foul on the goalkeeper. Is what's given. Ramsey's pulling his arm and impeding. Uh, Fotheringham, I think it is, from going up and competing for the ball. Again, similar to the Watkins thing, I suppose. So that the the, the um, Sheffield United defender is stopping Watkins from making an action. Ramsey is stopping the keeper from going out to claim the ball or whatever. Um, things I've seen, everyone's kind of convinced. I think Jamie Carrigan in particular was convinced it was a foul. Maybe, maybe it is a foul, right? Maybe we admit that that was a foul on the keeper. I actually think the Sheffield United defender in that situation has got a bit of Ramsey as well. So let's ignore that for now. Do Sheffield not get not get chance to clear though? Do they not effectively have advantage played? Yes, it's a foul on the keeper, but you've got the ball. You begin to play out, and I think it's Bulldog gives the ball away, and Villa recoup it and go forward and attack again. I know it's a very quick thing, but surely enough time has passed between that foul play advantage. You go to break, you mess it up. That's on you. We win the ball back, play it into Watkins. Watkins puts it across, and we score. I think that should be fair and, and allowed. Well, I do, but I'm, I'm massively biased again. Um, I actually think that <laughs> it's interesting you're saying about the kind of the phase of play and and the advantage because we've seen if the referee we've seen referees who would play advantage and then bring it back when that advantage doesn't mm. manifest itself. So should that be the same? But because yeah, the referee hasn't seen it in the first place. Mm. I don't listen. It's frustrating because I know you. You said it's. I think your words were it's a shame because of the the, the Watkins Bailey combination. It's a shame because we'd have been top of the league. I wouldn't yeah, have been no, on no. this podcast. I'd have been gate crashing Christmas parties, dancing on a table <laughs> somewhere in a Broad Street or, or something. So it, it's it's more than a shame. It, it's absolutely gutting. Um, but that that to me, and I've seen it. I've seen it back. That to me felt in the stadium like the biggest injustice because we'd had mm. to work quite hard for that goal. Yeah, yeah, they were so yeah. stubborn and they were so resolute, and we'd actually found a way way through. Um, I tell you what, I don't know whether "amused" is the right word because I was fuming at the time, and I still am fuming. Um, I didn't join in 
the the very brief we are top of the league chance because I thought, hang on a minute, you know, this, this could all go wrong. I found it interesting that that Fotheringham refused to let the ball go anywhere near the halfway line for a restart. He, he placed it as mm. if to take a goal kick or a free kick or, well, a free kick, I suppose it was. And I think it was Martinez at the other end got um, got one of the ball boys to give him a ball or somehow we got a ball, a separate ball, and we put it on the halfway line as if we were staking our territory, it's a goal, and they were yeah. staking their territory. So it was um, a little bit of, well, not light relief, but um, yeah, it, it, I don't know, Dan. I, don't, I didn't think that we'd be, we'd be, be debating VAR tonight, but I suppose you just, you know, you, we almost need a 10 minute section for, for every podcast, I suppose, with it, don't you? Yeah, well, I think we've done the talking around the actual game and the way it went and the credit to Sheffield United and Villa's inability to break down a low block or a team coming to sit in deep. The only other things to talk about are the, the, the referee decisions because they, they've impacted the game. I genuinely believe if we if that goal stands or we have the penalty from Watkins earlier on or the handball towards the end is given, which we'll get onto in a sec, Villa win and we are top. We are top at Christmas potentially if the Liverpool result goes our way. So, yeah, I don't like to just have a throwaway five-minute moan at the referee for the sake of it when we've won and stuff like that. This is a genuine impact on this evening and, and that's why it's taken so much airtime tonight. Um, there's a quote from Emery after the game that I saw John Post. This was about that Bailey's uh, disallowed goal. He said it was not the correct decision, but I always accept VAR. I think today VAR was too much and for the goal it was a second action. We recovered the ball and then we score. It was not necessary to review this. And that's exactly how I feel as well. I think there was enough time played for Sheffield United to deal with it. They didn't really win the ball back and score. That's a fair game for me. Yeah, it's not as if the goalkeeper's poleaxed and still lying on the... On yeah, like, on yeah the exactly. And the ball just falls in from, from there. There's, there's, a whole, there's a whole period of time for, for Sheffield United to deal with it and they don't. And that's, that's on them, ultimately. Um, we mentioned Archer scoring. Bloody typical, wasn't it? That I saw so many tweets this week saying how classic Villa like can go top of the league, full time Villa nil, Sheffield United one, Cameron Archer ninety third minute or whatever. It's like yeah, not far off. Um, it's Pretty close, wasn't it? I mean, yeah. I mean, AVFC Stato would would know better than me. But was that was that Archer's one and only touch in the box? Possibly. I mean, after I was filming that Christmas quiz in the week, what does AVFC Stato know about anything? <laughs> <laughs> Spoke to him after, you know, the one, again, this is a little bit spoilers for uh, the Christmas quiz that's coming up. The one that we had trouble with, uh, and I think that was my fault. <laughs> oh, it was, so we've been digging him out and it was all you? Yeah, in the episode, I was like, I've yes, I've set, set me up with these questions. I actually think that one was on me. So it, it might get cut from the final episode, and if it does, we'll talk about it another time. But uh, yeah, funny. Uh, yeah, just classic for, from, from Archer to score. It's typical for, for Villa to do something like that. It's such a decent goal, isn't it? Hamer does well to, to cut it back. McGinn sold, sold for a hot dog and uh, cuts back for Archer, and it's a nice finish. Yeah, it was the one that followed the, the John Duran thing, didn't it? And I think mm. Villa, Villa weren't, you know, I think, I think, listen, I think Sheffield United wanted that game and I can understand why to be scrappy, to be stop-start so that Villa couldn't get any cohesion and, and rhythm. And that was one of those occasions where there was, you know, the incident with, with, with Duran, that was another kind of VAR check, wasn't it, to check whether he should have been sent off. And then Villa just switched off, just mm. didn't, you know, I think there was a there was an overload. I think in that area, I don't know who it was who put the cross, but he's actually, like you said, he's actually he's absolutely done done McGinn, hasn't he? With that that little kind of shuffle back, 
That's what Cameron Archer does. Yeah. As well. The only time he got a little bit of space. Um just swept it in and I thought it was going to end one nil. I think it was I thought it was one of those nights where it was just typical that, that we'd lose the game. So I'm glad that the players had the the nous, I suppose, and the energy. And I thought the, the crowd was good tonight. Mm. I thought we we really we knew it was going to be one of those, or we could quickly tell it was going to be one of those, but we did our bit to to encourage Villa on. I think I think that played a part in in getting the equaliser. And it, it could be done. Listen, I'm, I'm, I was joking earlier when I said it might be the point that wins us wins us the title. But it it, it could be an important point. All points um, are important. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as much as the, the last I don't know, ten minutes or so has been a moan about VAR, and we haven't even talked about the handball yet. Overall, I'm as much as as mad as it sounds because Sheffield United are where they are. I'm pretty positive still about about. Villa overall, like we've come from behind to get something again. You know, we, we've done that a few times this season. Um, Brentford, Bournemouth, and and tonight, all times we were losing and have picked up points. What five points is it during that time? Where, where we could have in years gone by got absolutely nothing. And you know, you say like one point might win us the title, one point might get us into the Champions League. Those five points might genuinely make a difference over the course of the season and the rest of the times this year where we, we we come from behind and get something and and show that resilience. So that's something that Villa have learnt uh, as a new thing since Unai is coming to be able to find a way to not just lose your head when you concede and get nothing out of it. Those five points will add up and over the course of a season, that those five points become eight points, nine points, ten points, that is the difference between sixth and fourth potentially. Yeah, and I... Um... I loved Emery's attitude on the on the touchline today as well. You know, kind of. I think if his team had have moved the ball as quickly as he was trying to, you know, he was trying, he was kind of going in the opposition technical area to try and try and get it back. And there was one thing I think it was in the first half where they were trying to kill time a little bit, and one of the one of their players had got the ball in his hand and he was going to try and give it to somebody else to take the throw in to slow things down. Mm. And then we just knocked it back into his into his two hands as if to say, no, mate, you don't need to take it yourself. And just, I don't know, I, I think I think it's a sign of how how far we've come, how quickly, how good we are, how how we've, uh, steamrolled might be too, too, too big a term, but we've, we've, we've found a way of consistently winning every week. So, it stings even more because of how good we are. And yeah, how you know what could have been how achieved. We know that yeah. if we were anything like, hmm. we'd have wrapped that game up regardless of whether whether VAR and officials were, you know, proved to be against us tonight. Uh, so I think that's what it is. That that's why yeah. it stings even more. But how how can you really be disappointed with Villa being joint second at the moment and third by Boxing Day? It's just you can't, you can't can you? You can't moan about it too much just because the overall context is still still very good. Uh, I'm not going to talk about the Joanne thing. It was, he is a bit of a hothead. He is a bit immature. I think I don't think there's a red card. The AR obviously didn't give it as a red card. Um, so, you know, stick with it on that one. I don't really want to go into it too much. The ball duck one, the handball, I don't know whether you've had a chance to see it back yet. I've only seen a clip on Twitter uh, like uh, over and over a few times. I don't know how that's not given as a handball. At the time, I think the ref as well, once he's gone through VAR, he points like around here. So I was listening like the collarbone area, kind of like where your heart is. Um, pointing there, that's where, he, that's where he got it. Hit him on his bicep, 100%. And his arm comes up. There's a movement to move his arm towards the ball. If there's a, a more blatant handball this weekend, I'd be very surprised. Yeah, there were... Um... 
the Sheffield United fans at one stage were singing, it's not football anymore. When, when there's so many VAR checks and stuff like that, I thought, no, it's not. It's not football. It's handball or netball. Uh, I've only seen a really click. I didn't see didn't see it at all in, in real time. I was probably daydreaming or something. Um, but the clip I've seen, and it is a close-up clip, it looks... Mm. It, it, I'd struggle to defend that if it had gone the other way against us. Yeah. Yeah, I'd probably exactly. pretend, <laughs> but I'd struggle to defend it. And it, it did look another another nailed on one for me. But with the way that the night panned out, you know, we'd have probably missed a penalty anyway, to be honest, <laughs> if, we'd, if we'd have got one. Um, yeah. But yeah, oh God, it's just so frustrating. It's just frustrating, but it's one of those, these things are going to happen that the Bournemouth game felt frustrating, but that was more justified because it was away and Bournemouth were on good form. Sheffield United are on a great side and we're at home and Villa should really be winning that game just based off quality alone, but we all know football doesn't work like that. And again, I always say if points come in in different ways, say we'd have drawn to Man City and won tonight, we'd all think, okay, that's pretty good, a draw against Man City, beat Sheffield United as we should do, that's four points. We've still got four points out of those games, but we took points off a side around us. So if anything, it's kind of the right way to do it, the way we've done it. I can't be too downbeat about it. Some people might think it should be the end of the world and should be really, uh, really annoyed and frustrated about that game. And I, and I am, but the overall the overall kind of narrative, I suppose, around Villa is a positive one still. We could go to Man United on, on Boxing Day and beat them. And then you think that's four points in two games. That's pretty good. We roll on, we keep going. Burnley at home to look forward to. Um, so overall, Villa third, in the Premier League come Boxing Day and top of their Europa Conference League group stage. Uh, obviously, that's postponed now till till March. Yeah, it's frustrating, but Christ, look where we are. I can't I can't be downbeat about it. I just can't. <laughs> yeah, listen, I think it's I think it's a really big week for us. But then if we're gonna stay in and around where we are, every week's gonna be gonna yeah. be a really big week. But you know, does that become a good point? Uh, if we do beat United and then we, we, we beat Burnley next next weekend, you know, I think it does. I think yeah. it does. You were losing I, you were losing until the ninety sixth minute. It's a good point. Every bo- it's a point. Bo- it's a bonus to get a point from that situation, isn't it? So what would we rather lost one nil? Obviously not. So it's a good point. Yeah, and it was good to um, good to see Zaniolo as well. Uh you know, after he scored in scored in Europe last week and Thought it was a was a was a good run. I thought, like I say, it was mm-hmm. probably the 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 main real moment of quality in terms of the delivery of the ball from Louise and the uh, and the the header. Um, so it is. It, it it just gave. I think it was important. It was it was important. We were obviously deflated, but I think it just gave us that little bit of belief um, back again. I was I was just thinking, who was your Villa man of the match tonight? No, really. I really don't think there really was a standout. One of them, wasn't it? It's all a bit meh. I yeah. don't know. Again, like I said, as much as we've kind of moaned about VAR and given credit to Sheffield United, I don't think Villa really played very well. We didn't really create many great chances, as I said before. And despite a moment of quality from um, Louise and Zaniolo, we do lose that game. And we probably are a little bit more pissed off about it then. But overall, Villa didn't really do enough to win the game and do enough to break Sheffield United down consistently to win the game. But that, there is that little caveat that if the handball is given and we get the early penalty and all that, maybe the game state is totally different and Villa have the momentum of the top of the league chance continue for 15 minutes and they go on to get the second and third. But that's not the way it went. So, um, yeah, I just, as mad as it sounds, I don't mind it 
what's happened tonight, these things are going to happen. We were never going to win every single game at home at Villa Park for the rest of eternity. And yes, it's frustrating to drop points against somebody who is uh, in the bottom three, but it's going to happen. Get used to it. Yeah, and the the thing is that we know that Villa rarely play on the 10th fight and jinx it, but we're not off form or no. below par too often, are we? No. So if that's we the one that we've got to get out of that system. Yeah, yeah, we might drop points, but then we tend to pick up points in the next few games. And we've picked up points tonight in a weird way because we were losing till till the, the end of the game. So, yeah, I, I think it's it's fine. Like it, these things are going to happen. The same things we said out of Bournemouth, and we went on a good run after that. If we do the same again, happy days. Villa will keep uh, motoring on and and still being up around that top four. Whatever the rest of the fixtures are this weekend, like we talk about, like the gap behind us to Man United and Newcastle. If one of those lose this week we've gained a point on them this week specifically. So it will be a good point then. It's just all context, isn't it? And uh, again, over the course of the season, these things will tend to level themselves out a little bit. Having said that, Newcastle are away at Luton, so uh, they'll probably win. Man United have got West Ham, so Man United will probably win as well. Uh, Spurs have got evidence that they also might win. But yeah, yeah, like I said, these things even themselves out. Um, We will wrap up there because we're into midnight now, we're into Saturday. Uh, There's only two more sleeps till Christmas. Uh, oh, kind of is it one tonight? So, is it two, three? Yeah, one tonight and one on Sunday. Then, yeah, then you wake no, up on Saturday Monday as well. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, Saturday, one tonight, Saturday. Saturday night, and Sunday oh, night. Yeah. That's three. yeah, see what I mean? Oh, yeah, no, you're right. We lost in you, so we can't go on yeah. all day. Um, <laughs> uh, have you got any um shout outs or anything to do before we go? I've got a couple of shout outs. Um, there's a bloke called Daz who um shouted me when I was coming out of the co op. Last weekend, my local co-op in Hales Owen, uh, who said that he, he's a big fan of dad jokes. So that was nice. He's hitting the demographic. Then these, <laughs> these, my son's mate, Matthew, and his friend, what's his friend? Ooh, oh, I can't remember now. Samo? Say again? You've got to remember it now if you've, if you've bought it. Samo? I think. I think it's Samo who goes, goes to Dudley College with him, who's kind of in his late teens so that's the youth vote as well so we, we're ticking that off as well and a fellow this morning a fellow this evening i was walking out the, the ground and i got my little bobble hat on so he, he still recognized me even without this dome um called column and i said and he's got a strong irish accent i said you mean callum he said no i mean column i know my own name um but he was he, he was full of a lot of love for our podcast as well so he, he travels nice. over from 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 ireland most weeks so i wish all three of those people um, or four of those. Did I shout out four people? Um, a Merry Christmas. And one quick clarification, which people don't really need at five past midnight, but there's a bloke who sits near me. His name's Ben. Every time I mention him, I call him Stuart. So I've actually got his number and his name on my phone today. So Merry Christmas to Ben, Debbie, <laughs> Billy, and Zoe, who I called Chloe last time. Um, oh they tend to kind of rotate who comes with Ben. Uh so they're a lovely family. Um, so Merry Christmas to you. And I promise I won't. Well, I'll probably stop mentioning you now, actually, because I, I can't get your name wrong if I don't mention you. So, um, yeah, there you go. I've got a couple of shout outs as well. Although one's only really a proper one. And it's also a, a supermarket related one. This happened uh, almost two weeks ago, I think. I keep forgetting to bring it up. Uh, and I've written his name down on another tab and I can't find it now. Steve. Steve collared me outside of Sainsbury's in Kiddie uh, as I was getting some bits and pieces and he's like 
you uh, from the podcast, the Villa podcast? I was like, yeah. And he, we had a little chat when I had the, the pram. And he, I think he said he'd been going, this is a few weeks ago, so my memory is high, is he? I think he says he's been following Villa since 1966. Uh, so I don't know how old that, that makes him, how old he would have been when he first was going. But he was like, this is uh, as excited as I've been about a Villa side. And obviously, he's seen us win the European Cup and, and, and the title. I don't know him, we're doing a great job. And we had a good chat for, for five minutes and he uh, said he loved the podcast as well. And I said, I'll give you a shout out, but I'm terrible with names. And I've remembered his name, but this did happen like two or three weeks ago, and I've finally got it out of there. So, Steve, if you're still with us, if you're still watching, not if you're still with us as if he's passed away, he wasn't that old. If you're still like with the podcast, uh, there's your shout out. Apologies for that. Uh, and the other one. Go on. No, I'm going to take it down a different avenue quickly, but you, you give okay. another shout out first. My other one is my partner's gone back to work. She started a different job and there's Villa fans there and she's like, she'll come back and like, oh, I've done some podcast promote promotion for you today, like chatting to Villa fans. And, oh, do you know about this podcast? And uh, she said, oh, can you give them a shout out? And I said, I'm not doing that. If they're listening, by the way. I said, I'm not doing that. They don't listen yet. I'm not going to give a shout out to some random people that don't actually listen. So if they start to listen, I said, I'll give them a shout out then. So you're like, well, you've done your little bit of homework and your bit of prep to say, oh, you've heard about this podcast. If I actually go away and listen to it and come back and enjoy it and let her know, then I'll do you, do you a shout-out. Uh, I'm not going to give random people who don't even watch a shout-out yet. That's just totally yeah, unfair. Just read from a phone book, hadn't you? Yeah, you're just say like, any names, a shout-out to Dave. Might be him, might not be. Yeah. Um, now, what I was going to say, and it might be a bit late for this, but talking about supermarkets, I did a, did our big <laughs> shop last night at um, Burntree Island Tesco in Dun- on the edge of... Dudley, I don't know. I've never been there before. It's been there about twenty years, but it was my um, it was my debut what? there. Why are we talking about this? No, because I just wanted to ask. We've done like roast dinner and stuff before, but if there's one Christmas treat that you can have, like when you have your your kind of tea time buffet or whatever, or if you have like canapes if you're particularly posh before mm-hmm. before before your dinner, or if there's a sweet treat, what would you have? Is it like a Christmas-related thing? So you're talking like mince pies and stuff like that? Yeah, or, you know, would it be a little bit of pate or would it be um, a bit of pork pie for the evening? Or Pork pie's a good show. I like a cheese board. I really like a cheese board. Big, big fan of a cheese board. I went to my partner's family's house for the first time last Christmas. Or the last Christmas or the year before. Uh, I can't remember. And they do a cheese board. A massive dinner. And then like and a couple of hours later, like, oh, bring out the cheese board. And I was sat there like... Like full of food. I was like, cheese board? Oh, okay, go on. Uh, we don't do that in my family. How, how strong do you go there? Would you have like the blue cheeses? Oh, stuff, all of it, not? yeah. I'm a big fan of, big. I mean, yeah, look at me, big fan of uh, all, all that. So yeah. bringing out a cheese board late Christmas night or like late Boxing Day night, big fan of that. So I don't know if that counts as an answer, but because you can have a cheese board at any time. But oh, it does, it does count. And I, I positively encourage it. I've got, I'm looking to just off camera to the, the right here. I've got in my garage, our, sec- our second fridge. It's a bit of a kind of emergency fridge but we just kept but christmas time it comes it comes in very handy so um what's yours yeah, then? what's yours i can't believe we're doing this at 10 past midnight but go on say again i said i can't believe we're doing this chat at 10 past midnight but go on carry on oh mine's a tin of soup um <laughs> all of the above mate cheap cheese balls just want it want it for me now and but but why are we talking about this what kind of cracker do you prefer, do you just like a standard kind of Jacob's cracker or do you like um, a little kind of puffy cracker or do you have those kind of <laughs> cracker selection boxes that yeah, you yeah. get like a digestive in there? And 
Yeah, I don't like the digestive. Not a fan of that. I like the thinner crackers and the ones that have got like a sprinkling of salt on top, even though cheese yeah. is quite salty anyway. But like I could a eat a packet crunch. of those without any cheese. The ones yeah, that have got too. a little bit of sort of saltiness about them. <laughs> you know what else I also like? You know, you've got like mini cheddars, but you've got yeah. bigger ones and you get them in like a packet. Oh, right. Yeah, like a tube. Oh, yeah. yeah, I could eat the whole of them in, in one go. Easy. Do you like Austrian smoked cheese that you get in like a little <laughs> tube? Uh, I'm not sure I've had that, to be honest. Doesn't ring a bell. I like, you know, what I like a cheese truckle. A cheese what? A cheese truckle. What like, to me to you, like Barry, like Barry Truckle. What <laughs> no, is a, it? Tr- a truckle. This is like jewel, isn't it? From, from the other day, a, a truckle. T r u c k l e. I'm guessing it's like I don't a, know what you're going on about cheese, now, mate. You're speaking gibberish. But it's like wrapped in like a wax, and then you get them at Christmas time. You get them in like, sh- in like the shape of a star or a tree. A tree, but why is it called a truckle? I don't know, that's what they're called, Tr- cheese truckles. Like a truckle like a, treat? You can get like a round one, then it's like a, like a black wax or like a red wax. I'm pretty sure. We've got 466 people listening to this crap at the moment. I'm, honestly, people love this kind of thing. The iTunes reviews tell me people love this kind of thing. I think I'm pretty sure it's a cheese truckle, and people will let me know if I'm wrong. That's what I've always called them anyway. So, yeah, I love a cheese truckle. And I think I've said cheese truckle far too many times <laughs> in, at the end of this, <laughs> the end of this show. <laughs> Uh, Gaz Oak says, "What are your conversations like at work? This is work. Have you believe it? This is this is it. We don't get the like. Uh, what is it? The water cooler chat by being in the office anymore. So it's this. And not only do we get to do it to each other, talk to each other, people get to <laughs> people get to listen to it as well, which is uh, madness. Can't believe that your in laws are um, have kind of up the ante in terms of how posh they are with with the cheese board and cheese and biscuits. What is it, Dan? The Ritz." <laughs> oh, excellent. Very, Got very, very good. Anyways. Very good. Uh, all right, well, let's call it a, a night there. Thank you, everyone, for tuning into the Climate Blue podcast live. Uh, for those of you that are catching up with this on 23rd or 24th or even Christmas Day, um, thank you for listening. Uh, just a quick plug to our Christmas special, which is out tomorrow technically uh, on christmas eve it should be christmas eve morning but i haven't actually finished editing it yet so it could be christmas eve evening by the time i get round to finishing it but we recorded our christmas quiz special on wednesday i think matt did you enjoy it? a little peek behind the curtain for those that are still watching at the end of this as a little uh, teaser for for sunday i did enjoy it because i'm normally the quiz master aren't i so it mm. was nice not having the pressure of, of dreaming up dreaming up all the questions and all the anagrams and stuff but um <laughs> I mean, I don't want to give away too many spoilers, but the kind of the, the buzz around when I've got to do things quickly. Um, it just, there's too much adrenaline coursing through my through my veins, really. Uh, but now it was good fun. Obviously, we, do you have you said who's along for it, or is that a surprise? Or no, it's, uh, it's uh, yeah, I've already tweeted it. Simon Lyons, Max Stokes, obviously Matt and John as uh, four individuals, and I was quiz master this time. And there was a few little quirky rounds in there. It wasn't all just general knowledge. So Simon is unbelievable at like, general knowledge stuff, so I wanted there to be some silliness in there to level the playing field basically and it took us a long time to record it's been a mammoth edit to put together um, but yeah i think it's good fun so if you want to play along with that on sunday or obviously at any point over the christmas break uh, it's obviously all about aston villa most of it this season some of it some nostalgia stuff as well um you can get involved play along at home let us know your scores and whatnot there'll be a whole separate youtube video uh, for that coming on sunday i will very quickly say and i don't want to dwell on this point too much not massively pleased with the production side of things. Like I always want it to be perfect when we go out and film stuff in person, but the um, 
mic quality wasn't very good and mine was too loud john's was too quiet i'm i'm very particular about these kind of things but it's better than doing it like this so deal with it oh you're too hard on yourself dan you're too hard on yourself anyway i'm hungry now all that all that cheese all that cheese chat <laughs> has made me uh yeah go and enjoy yourself a uh, lovely lovely cheese truckle um yeah, thanks everyone for watching. Thanks for all your support on the podcast this year. If you don't tune into the quiz, our next show will be the post-match show for Man United. Uh, we're not doing any previews over the Christmas break due to various different rotor changes and, and annual leave and whatnot. So uh, Sunday, 24th, Christmas special quiz. 26th, uh, it's a late one again because it's an 8 o'clock or 8.15 kickoff at Old Trafford. We're doing a post-match show for that. Won't be 45 minutes long, I'll tell you now. And then we'll do a post-match show for Burnley as well, which I think is the 30th. So that's like our next uh, week of content. So thanks everyone for joining us live for this one. If you're catching up, get involved in the comments with your thoughts. Leave us an iTunes or Spotify review. They're very helpful. Matt, thanks for your time. Go and enjoy Cheese Board. And we'll see you all on Christmas Eve for the quiz. Yep. Bye, everyone. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.